This is episode 302 of the Beyond the Food Show, and today we're going to talk about the intersection between the holiday and diet culture. And trust me, there is one, and a very insidious one. And I have a co-host today. Yunami Oguta is our coach inside of Undiet Your Life, and she's joining us to jam on the holiday and diet culture. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist and creator of the Going Beyond the Food Method. And after a 25-year dieting career that started at the age of 12, I decided to say hell no to diet culture and undiet my life. It is now my mission to help women undiet their life. If you're new to our podcast, be sure to grab our free podcast roadmap at stephaniedodier.com forward slash roadmap. Ready, sisters? Let's do this. Hey, sisters, no matter where you are in the world right now, I bet you the holiday is upon you. I know it is all over me here. And this episode is going to help you, or at least propose to you, a different way of seeing the holiday of noticing how people are engaging in the holiday, and then you can make your choice of how you want to live the holiday period this year. Because for many of us, we live on autopilot when it comes to the holiday. And truth is, we operate on this autopilot because of the belief system that we have been socialized to when it comes to the holiday. And until someone like me here today is bringing attention to you to think about, to notice how you're engaging with the holiday, you probably won't be doing this work. So that's the intention of this episode today is to help you at least hear a different perspective on the holiday and understand the origin of your current way you are engaging with the holiday. And to make this episode fun, I actually have a co-host today. You're going to hear Yunami Oguta, our coach inside of Undiet Your Life. By the way, she's the most amazing person and she is such a great compliment to me because we have a different lens. And that's what makes Undiet Your Life the best program in the world, as far as I'm concerned, for regaining your freedom from dieting and healing your relationship to food and to your body is because of the diversity of lenses and the depth of coaching that we offer our students. Now let's roll into today's episode. As I was mentioning earlier, this is one of the two bonus you are going to get access if you join us inside of Undiet Your Life for the Unretreat event. The other bonus is going to be a very funny name. You ready for this? Oh, no, no, no to the New Year, New You BS from Diet Culture. So today is all about the holiday and the next bonus is going to be about this whole New Year, New You drama that's also coming upon us because of diet culture. So if you join us inside of Unretreat, you get access to those two bonus plus a full year access to Undiet Your Life, which means 
a whole year access to me and you and me. So you're going to get to spend 2022 getting rid of all the food drama, the body image, and all the self-critical thoughts that are leading you likely not to live the life that you want. And we're going to spend the whole year shifting all of this together. Personally, I think that this offer of unretreat combined with Undiet Your Life is the best offer I ever put out there. So if you have been wanting to do this, to finally make the shift out of diet culture, jump all over this. And here's a cool thing. If you join right now in November, November and December are bonus, meaning that you still get to spend the whole year with us until December 31st at the same price, and you get November and December as bonus. Like this is the best offer. So if this is calling your name, jump all over this right now. Okay, here's what we're gonna talk about in the next 30 minutes. I am going to quickly let you in into the history of the holiday. (laughs) I'm laughing because when I did the research on this, I almost fell off my chair. I never thought that was the true origin of the holiday. So I'm going to teach you that. We're going to talk about why diet culture is thriving in the way we are currently engaging with the holiday and how we can stop this how differently the holiday period is being marketed to men and women and how freaking insidious it is. And note, Netflix and the W Network, I'm coming for ya on this podcast. And last but not least, we're gonna talk about the word indulging. Yes, indulging. And it's why it is so problematic and the cause of so many binging episode. Ready? Let's roll in this the season. So welcome in to this special bonus episode of our podcast. And the title is this the season to smash down diet culture. And I have our coach here, Unami, with me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Hi, everyone. Are you ready to smash down diet culture with the holiday season? All day, every day. We've been doing research, each one of us on our own, and we brought our thought together on paper, and we're shocked of all the shit we found out. By the way, this is going to be an E-rated episode, so if you have a little one in the background, there may be a couple of F-word and S-word, and so I just want to be honest with everyone here. But we're going to share what we found out, and it's probably going to blow your mind. Are you in agreement with that opening statement? Yeah, I think so. I was blown, so I can't even imagine. So let's start with the history of Christmas altogether. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take this part, and then we're going to bring this into the culture points. So I Google the history of Christmas, which I've never done before. And I was shocked to find out that what we know as Christmas or the holiday period 
It's actually something that's been celebrated for century and millennia, and it had nothing to do with religion. When it started way, way, way back when, it was actually a time of celebration and feasting around the winter solstice. So that that worst day of the year where the sun was at its lowest point, way back, as far as we can tell, 2,500 years ago, people were celebrating the winter solstice. And it was across the board in almost all, I don't want to say religion, but all culture. And it's funny because I was reading it and there's a tradition in the Norse, which is, I believe, to be Finland culture, which the men went hunting for the biggest and the longest Yule. Interesting. Well, where it's interesting, you know, me is that in my culture, French Canadian, we have a tradition of a dessert, a Yule log. Oh. In cake, we make a cake, like we roll a sheet pan cake in a form mm-hmm. of a Yule and a log. And then we put frosting on it and make it look like a log. A log. Oh, I see those. Ah, interesting. And that's way back to the Norse, like 2,500 years ago. So I was blown away. So yeah, so Christmas had nothing to do with religion. And when Christianity took over Middle Age, that's when the winter solstice became Christmas. And yet up to the 1800, middle of the 1800, there was no gift associated with Christmas. It was just a Christian religion that people were celebrating. And then in the middle of the 1800, that's when it became a commercial holiday and really peaking in the beginning of the 1900, where it became almost not about the religion, but just about gifting and consuming. Mm, Yeah. How's been your history? So tell a little bit people about your background, how, where holiday came into your world and your culture. So for me, it's interesting because it was when we were talking about this podcast that I actually started (laughs) looking for the history and I'm from Nigeria for everyone listening. So for us, it actually started around 1870s or 1870. Yeah. And we had, obviously, in our history, there were freed slaves who went back to Africa and quite a bit of them settled in a place called Freetown. And a few people decided they were going to go back to Nigeria, which is not far from Sierra Leone. And one of the people who was a returned slave decided that he was going to bring the story of Jesus and Christianity to Nigeria. So he invited a preacher from London to come. And it was the day that they were supposed to meet. That date fell on December 25th, which is Christmas Day. So apparently there was this 300-year-old tree that they met under. And then that was the day when this preacher who came from London told them about Christianity and talked to them about you know, gifting and celebration. So it became a thing where everyone started gathering. And just thinking about when I was growing up, it's all about going to church because church and religion is a big part of the culture and people just hanging out, eating, mostly going back home. 
<laughs> so it's very interesting to just hear this part of it. And because we don't have winter in Nigeria, but it's just interesting how all of these all tie together to that one. So what was the religion before Christianity in your country? We have different, I would say they're big name religion per se, but there was a lot of pagan worship. So people didn't really yeah. worship God or Jesus. It was more like different gods that they had. And I think it's also tribal because we have different tribes in Nigeria. So everyone kind of had their thing that they were doing. That's how right. it was. So when you're listening to this and you're wondering why the heck do we talk about history when we're talking about like this, the season to smash down that culture, because when we talking about smashing down a system of oppression, we have to understand its roots and its origin. Yeah. That's the baseline. Like if we don't understand where this thing we want to smash down, that it's in our case, diet culture, if we don't understand how it came about, it's going to be impossible to understand it and know how we can disconnect from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how this evolved in today's world. Like we're talking about diet culture. Most of you probably are aware that diet culture is a byproduct of patriarchy, right? The system that upholds men in a position of power, being that diet culture is a tool that patriarchy uses in order to keep women, the other gender, subdue, busy, not in their power, so that patriarchy stays in a space of power. So understanding this, patriarchy plays a huge role in how we celebrate the holiday today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's really interesting because, again, until I started doing this work and really diving into, okay, how are these systems just normalized? It never occurred to me that things like that we see, the messaging that we're getting, we just think it's normal. But it all has an underlying theme to it. And I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited to dive into what we found <laughs> Let's talk about the movie situation. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let's talk about the movie situation because you want to share what we realize about the movie. We're talking about Christmas holiday movie right now, which some of you have probably have started to listen to. Oh, yeah. And watch. My kids are all over that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like for us, once the snow comes, it's time for the Christmas movies. Christmas movie. But one of the things that I noticed was that if we look at a lot of the movies, typically, what do the women do? The women are busy. They're the ones organizing everything. They're writing lists. They're creating this whole menu of what's going to be served. They're preparing lists for gifts, running around, wrapping presents. And if you're into princess movies, I'm a mom of three girls. So that's all they're interested in. You always see how it's like the lady having to give up things, having to become a different person to fit the prince, to fit the needs of the king. And it's really interesting because you see how these women do it so happily. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's just expected. And last year or maybe two years ago, I watched one of those movies. I'm not going to give the name away where the lady decided differently. And it was interesting how the people in the village or whatever that kingdom was 
responded to her because she said, you know, I'm not going to quit my job. I still think that women should be able to have jobs and work and support their families if they wish. And the whole place was just going crazy because people were upset. You can't do that. And she's not fit to be a queen and she's not fit to, you know, be royalty. And these are the messages that we're getting, even for little kids, just watching that. And you have three girls. Yeah, I do. So it's always like a conversation in our house. (laughs) Well, it's brainwashing is what I always refer to as indoctrination. Brainwashing is the common word. But what I always refer to in all of our content is indoctrination. That's indoctrinating your girls on how to behave during the holiday. Yeah, yeah. And also, I've had to unlearn that, too, because I was once that woman. Like I did all the things and, and you Christmas. come to the time of the Christmas and you're like drained. You're done. Yeah. I was so stressed out and new year comes. I'm like, can I just have like two weeks of my own holiday? Cause I never got a holiday. Let's talk about another piece of these movie. When we were preparing for the podcast, I made you notice that, but it's also the body standard in those movie. Yeah. And I, challenging all of you listening to this to go and if you have the w network this is the worst offender the w network woman network right go and put that on because right now they started christmas movie 24 7 and go look at the characters in those movie you want to talk about body image like this is just the beautiful white folks on there And for people who don't know, you and me is a person of color. What did we notice about the people of color as well? They were the beautiful ones because, again, culturally, we have different levels of darkness, right? So it's the lighter skinned Black people, the ones who have the beautiful hair. You don't see people with kinky hair. And when we're talking about body size, most of them were in conforming bodies People who would be considered fat by society were always the brunt of the jokes by everyone. They were the ones being seen as indulgent and people making fun of them. It was very interesting to notice that, actually. And it's it's interesting to notice that Yet you've been watching, just like me, movies for years. Yeah. And we were kind of oblivious to this whole thing until we started to pay attention. That's my challenge to you. Pay attention to all the movies, all the images that are being served to you. Now, let's talk about another thing that was interesting. I did some research to find articles aimed at men for the holiday. Like I Googled, and I'm challenging you to do this, how, I think I said, as a man, how to get ready for the holiday or how to survive the holiday. Holy Christ, what did I find talking about Jesus and the holiday? It was phenomenal. All the articles for men were all about pleasure, like book a last minute trip, book a ski trip, right? Go to the spa, like buy some article to work on your car, all the thing about them being in pleasure. What do we think the articles for women are all about? Any guess? <laughs> Have you Googled them, you know me? <laughs> I did. <laughs> what did you find? The top one was just how to get through the holiday. And it was all about like planning your to-do list, organizing things, 
And it was very interesting. It was very interesting to see how this was all about focusing on other people. There were very few articles talking about, you know, you taking the time and, and just coming back. It was all about focusing on other people. And then of course the food part came in where it was all about don't indulge and, you know, all these things, what to do when you're going for a holiday party, how you can eat at home before you go. Like, yeah. All the self-control bullshit and the self-denial and the restriction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we're being served for visual information, like for articles to read. And I guarantee you, if you're on a YouTube channel, there's videos about that for women. And on the other side of the spectrum, it's all about pleasure for men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And for everyone listening, I just want you to think when you realize what's happening, because you might feel like, okay, what in the world is this? And what do you do? It's more about bringing this into your awareness. It's just like the same thing we talk about when we're talking about food and body image. Until you're aware, you don't know how to change it. You don't know what to do, right? And you cannot appreciate the reason why you need to change it. It's just become another thing on your list of things to do. Oh, I need to change my thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. There's no passion behind it because we don't understand how detrimental it is to our life and how wrong it is and how long it's been wrong. And if we don't stop it, your girls, your daughters, your granddaughter will continue. And this whole system will continue. Exactly. And even the boys, like those who are conditioned as men, they will come to expect it too. Right. Because yes, we can talk to the ladies, but the boys would also think, well, that's if I marry And I expect that my wife needs to be able to do this and this, and it shouldn't be. And it's not even for the men. It's not even conscious. They're thinking that like, I am going to expect this from my wife. It just becomes this cultural expectation that nobody talks about, but Mm -hmm. keeps repeating itself. Of course. And it's normalized. (laughs) Yeah. Because every video on YouTube, every article, everywhere you get hit with the same visual cue, the same noise and you're here, the same things you're reading. So you're like, well, that's just life. Mm -hmm. So for some of you, go ahead. And even the ads though, if you think about the ads, that's the one place that I noticed that the women were getting gifts and you would see like, she would get like a ring or a necklace and she was so happy. But if you ask a lot of people, especially moms, They're like, I'd rather just take like a day where I'm not doing anything, where nobody's touching me, nobody's talking to me, and just sitting with a bucket of ice cream and watching Netflix and having a field day for myself. That's what moms want. They don't want the diamond ring. No. Hmm. Most people just want a break. So you talked about ice cream. Can we talk about the word indulging? (laughs) Oh, gosh. No, you guys are going to hear me on this one. So I have a lot of thoughts about the word indulging, right? So this is going to wrap us up around the whole concept of food, the holiday, and smashing down diet culture, right? Diet culture wants us to, I'm going to give you some background again, diet culture wants you to aim for thinness, right? The thin ideal, right? And the opposite of that is the whole feasting notion of the holiday, right? Mm -hmm. 
I know in my culture, the holiday is not about restriction. It's about putting food on the table, like mountains of food. Is it the same thing for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. But that culture comes in the back of this and says, no, you can't. You need to restrict yourself because indulging is not something that's going to give you your thinness. So indulging becomes this place where you feel terrible for having the food. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, indulging meant I was being a bad girl. I was, quote, allowing myself to be a bad girl with food and then had the food and then I would completely get out of control, like Mm -hmm. eat all the food because I was indulging because it was all wrapped up around this notion of being bad. Is it the same thing for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was all about now you get this one chance because the holiday is going to be over soon. So you better get all you can. So I want you to think carefully about how you're using the word indulging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In your own world, like in your own mind, but also I want you to pay attention to how you verbalize it into the world and what using that word indulging food holiday will resonate with people around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One more thing I want to say about that indulges sometimes we use that word as I deserve it. I deserve. So all year I haven't done this. So I deserve, or December is coming to an end. I deserve to eat this before I go on that diet that I'm about to go on and get the new body in the new year. Do we deserve anything? I think it comes down to our thoughts. I don't think there's any need to deserve anything because naturally we're just born worthy and everything that we want, we can create. Absolutely. 100% deserving something makes you entitled to something, Mm -hmm. right? So in the world of self-coaching, think about it from that place, right? The word or the concept of being entitled to something leads you to carry thoughts about that thing. And then you are expecting a completely different outcome. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, I am own this thing. Well, the truth is we're not own anything. We have to actually take the action to get the thing. Mm -hmm. And when we have this attitude with food, I see it as a precursor or the stepping stone for binging. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen that in my clients. Right? Because now we're entitled to it and we can indulge in it. Mm -hmm. So pay attention to this. I'm entitled to this and I'm indulging. And I guarantee you, sisters, that it's going to come out of your mouth. (laughs) I know because it's so wired into us when it comes to food in the holiday, right? And then we hear it nonstop everywhere and we see it on our social media food. I am challenging you to watch when it's the first time in the next couple of days when it's going to come out of your mouth and you'll be surprised when it comes out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. Now you said it's going to be in their awareness. Yes. (laughs) So since we're on a pathway of food, let's talk about how you approach food, the holiday as a mom who is raising a family with intuitive eating principle. And I think this is going to be a great teaching moment 
for all the moms, the grandma, or you're going into an environment where there's children around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a great question. I think the biggest thing we've done is just recognizing these histories and stories. And then I decided how I wanted to engage with Christmas. So that was just me coming into this and saying, okay, how do I show my own agency when it comes to Christmas or the holiday season? Because I was that mom who ran around. I was the mom who wrapped the presents, who did the lists, who was always tired. Like I would be slaving away in the kitchen because I'm trying to impress people. So once I started my own intuitive eating journey and just self-coaching myself, I realized, you know what? We work so hard during the year. It's time to relax. So we do a lot of relaxing. And when, as far as you want to think about relaxing, (laughs) (laughs) we have sleepovers in the living room. There is no expectation for anything. Of course, you have to brush your teeth and shower. But apart from that, it's all just like we play games together. We do outdoor activities. And when it comes to food, there was a time where I would worry about having a turkey cooked. My kids never liked it, but I did it because that was the norm, even though I didn't grow up eating turkey. Really? We yeah. got you so deep into that indoctrination. Oh, yes. We got you <laughs> cooking a turkey. Look at us. So now I don't because I hate it. It's too much work. And we just eat whatever. Like my kids are like, you know what? Just whatever we eat regularly, but the air is different. We'll light a candle. It's really just sitting down and really embracing the moment of being together. Food, not so much. It's not the focus. It's no longer the focus of the celebration. The focus is how are we feeling? How are we engaging with one another? What are our plans? What have we learned through the year? That's where we tend to focus. And then food is just a part of that. I love this. You know, it just, I don't know if anyone listening has had the same haha moment. If we don't restrict the food throughout the year and we can have it any other time we want and as much as we want, will we want food to be focused and centric of a holiday? This is deep. And I know some people wonder because obviously I don't know how people relate to this, but for us, when I was growing up, it would always be Christmas was a time when people went back home to spend with their family. So of course, when mom's there, she's making people's favorite foods, but we can also adopt that. Like what if your mom could share that recipe and you make it during the year at Mm. other times, right? So you're not waiting from January for 12 months or 11 months, literally just to eat this one thing. Again, when we're having that thought of deprivation coming in the future, doesn't matter what you're thinking. If there's that sense of deprivation, you're going to just want to eat and focus on this food that I'm not going to get any other time. But what if you can have it any other time in the year? Mm. So I'm going to make the analogy to my culture. Remember in the beginning, I talked about in my culture, it's like feasting and food on the table. Mm -hmm. Like when we're in the French culture, French Canadian, and actually when you look back to our history, It comes from the place where we came over from Europe in the early 1700 with nothing. So food was not restricted because of some body standard. It was restricted because we didn't have any. Mm -hmm. And for us, it continued up to like the early 1900. We were a culture of very 
poor, poor, poor people. So the feasting that happened at Christmas wasn't because we willingly, voluntarily restricted food. It's because we couldn't afford. Mm -hmm. Like you have to think my dad had his first orange at Christmas. Wow. It was a Christmas gift in the 1948, 49. At three and four years old, he got an orange as a Christmas gift because it was something they couldn't afford. So the feasting that we're doing is coming from that mentality of restriction, involuntary restriction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we remove the restriction, do we need that much food and that much feasting? Probably not. And that's what you're seeing in your family. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about other traditions around Christmas. So you talked about relaxation and doing nothing and watching game. Is that a challenge for people listening? Probably, right? Because when performing mode, right? Yeah. We have to have everything regulated and scheduled by the minute. Mm-hmm. And do the traditions, you know? Like I'm not opposed to adopting traditions, but we also have to think, how is this serving me? If this is something that you have to go out of your way to do just because you want to fit just because you don't want other people to have something to say, then that's when you really need to be aware because the thoughts that are driving that action, they're not serving you. Let's talk about gifting. (laughs) Is that the same shit then? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Then you think about how many gifts a child gets, right? So a parent could think, well, I never got anything when I was a kid. So now is my time to show my child that I love them. And children have also been conditioned to think that's how you receive that love. So for people who can afford it, by all means, but what about the mom who is just struggling to make ends meet? What about the families who can't even get food? And then, you know, they're thinking, well, how do I measure up to the societal standard? It's like diet culture and body size. It's performance. Absolutely. Like this is what you need to do to be a good mom or to know that you actually enjoyed your holiday. If you went here or you got this kind of gift or you were able to give this person that, then you had a good holiday. So we start to put ourselves on those scales and figure out, well, where do I measure up? And And I'm going to extend this beyond mom and children because I don't have kids, but I can tell you that's performative in my world of no children as well. Tell me more. Well, it's about like, we do a gifts exchange in my family. And it's not about just giving a gift. We have to set a value of gifting. Oh, right. Secret Santa has an amount of money attached to it. Instead of just being thinking about the person, here's another thing that hurts me. The whole gift card thing. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I had to get... mad, but I had to voice my thoughts in my family because it came about two years ago where all we got was an amount of money on a card. What's the point? We all exchanged the same hundred bucks all around the table. Like that's all we did. Like I gave out X hundred dollar gift card and I received X hundred. What's the point? Mm. Right. But I want to make the parallel to body image. 
when you don't feel worthy innately, when you go around the world thinking you're not good enough because of your body size, your self-esteem is low, your self-confidence is low, you don't think like this because you're so wrapped up into pleasing people and get people to validate you and get the biggest gift and the better rap gift, you fall into this trap in order to feel safe. Yeah, yeah. Because if they're focused on the gifts, if they're focused on the performance, then no one can talk about your body. And it feels safe because at least you're validated a little bit because you gave the best gifts. Yeah. yeah. This is not something that we're conscious of until a podcast like this, a videos like this brings it up to your awareness. So that's what I want you to do with this information. Bring this up to your awareness and ask yourself these questions. And I would love to hear if any of you are seeing a different anticipation, a different feeling towards this holiday season versus last year, based on the personal work you've done. Mm. That'd be so interesting. Mm -hmm. If you can see the stuff we're talking about and you feel less attracted to perform the holiday. So now that we understand where this is coming from, how it was built up, how does it show up in our life and the potential for choice? What do we do? What do we do when we're confronted with, I don't know, diet talks at the table or people commenting onto your body? Because this is a unique holiday period this year. Mm -hmm. We are going to see people we haven't seen for a few years. Is anyone feeling confronted with that? Is anyone concerned of what's going to be talked about and how people are going to look at you and how people are going to maybe comment on your body and all the diet talks we're going to hear at the table? How do we deal with that? So we're going to leave you here with that because we're going to come back with another episode and then we're going to talk about just how to deal with that. So it's a cliffhanger here and we're going to leave you with that. So I'll see you on part two. Be on ready to shed diet culture from your life and become the expert at your own body. Awesome. Then you need to join on Diet Your Life program. Go to stephaniedodzie.com forward slash join and join us now. On Diet Your Life is the first program of its kind with the unique combination of mindset, life coaching with intuitive eating and body image. Find your freedom, reclaim your power and take control of your time so you can refocus on what really matter to you. Join Undiet Your Life at stephaniedoze.com forward slash join, and I'll see you on the other side.